Hey, and welcome to Runway Audio's second episode of our brand new podcast. Today we have Elijah Bust, our resident cable builder. If you've ordered a cable recently, he's the one that's built it and shipped it out to you. So we're grateful to him for that. Um, today we're going to have him talking about um, worship music and tracks with the worship band. Um, and also kind of kind of get into what kind of gear he loves and what his favorite pieces of gear that he has in his rig. So yeah, let's get started. Let's uh, kind of talk through your rig and see where we're at now and what kind of things make you happy and your favorite pieces. Yeah, so more often than not, I'm starting my signal chain with either my Bluesman Strat or a Gretsch double anniversary. And I'm running that into my board, which has... I start off with a compressor, the Walrus Deep Six, and then I go into a J-Rocket Archer, into a King of Tone, and a Broken Arrow from Jackson. And then from there, I go into the Stomp, HX Stomp, and in the loop, I have the Source Audio Nemesis and Ventress for my delays and reverbs. Um, Usually in stereo, sometimes not. Just depends on the week. Um... Yeah, and I'll run those into either my basement, direct, or I'll go into the house amp, normally at Princeton. Very cool. Yeah. That's awesome. What is, like, your favorite pedal that you have on your board, or ones you don't even have on your board right now, maybe? Mm. I would have to say, for Overdrive, the King of Tone is definitely one of my favorite. While overhyped, it's still, it's still great. It's great. And probably could not live without the HX Stomp at yeah. this point. Like, it does everything. What's the main thing you use the HX Stomp for? So for my electric rig, I do the modulation and going direct when I can't use a house amp or just for whatever reason. And then I use it for acoustic as well. I run IRs and effects that way. Very cool. Yeah. Mostly just whatever I need it to do. It does all of it. (laughs) That's awesome. That's fun. Um, when do you kind of decide which guitar that you want to use between the two? How do you make that decision? Um, it's usually based on, I look at the set and like the type of parts I'm going to play, whether they're more ambient or more drive and then lead or rhythm. And sometimes just based on what the other guitar player is playing. If he's playing a Strat, I'm not going to double him with a Strat. Yeah. But are you like picking one guitar for a whole set and using that whole guitar? Or are you swapping guitars mid-set, mid-song? I, I typically switch depending if definitely if there's like a feature song at the end of the set or like um, the first song is quite different from the rest of the set. I'll switch cool. probably more for fun than yeah. <laughs> than just tone. Kind of fun to pick up a new guitar. Yeah, it feels brand new. Feels different. Kinda yeah, a new sound. That's fun. That's awesome. Sure. So, what MIDI controller do you use on your board? You mentioned MIDI. So I use the Morningstar MC6. I use that to control the Source Audio, Ventress, and Nemesis, as well as the Stomp. Um, kind of just, I definitely send BPM, and I change presets on all of them. So what I typically do is I have four delays and four reverbs kind of saved on each of those pedals, and I'll just cycle through them with the MC6. And then I have used it to like trigger stuff on the Stomp, like a second delay i'll usually turn that on for more swells or more ambient things i'll use that to turn it on and off yeah do you normally like tap in the delay or tap in the bpm or do you set it based on the tracks and based on the song 
I usually make presets on MC6. So I have three foot switches, which is typically how many songs we do in a set. I'll program each of them to have to send a MIDI BPM clock to all three pedals. Cool. Easy enough. Yeah. So you mentioned doing tracks um, with a church called Crosspoint that's here locally in Nashville. Um, what does kind of a week to week look like with stuff like that with working on tracks with them? Yeah. So I do the tracks weekly for usually any event that's not like a main Sunday. So like students every Wednesday, college nights when they come up, things like that. Um, I program the Ableton tracks for the week for each campus, um, as well as send band leader notes, kind of work on arrangements and transitions and kind of in Ableton mostly. So what is setting that up kind of, what does it look like from start to finish? Um, so when I start, I start with a blank Ableton session and I go in and put in the stems for each song as well as click and cues. And those are kind of preset. Depends on the week. If we do a new song, I'll end up having to make a new session and import that in. Um, and then I basically just craft each transition to be um, somewhat seamless and not distract, but still flow from one song to the next. And then where do you get most of the stems? Where do those come from? Um, those come from the um, the other Ableton guy that does the Sundays. Oh, cool. <laughs> it's just a big Dropbox folder. So you guys, has he like produced yeah. them or do you get them from um, like worship it's online? It's a mix. Or like so sometimes they come from uh, multi-tracks or they come from, he'll make songs. It just depends on the song. It's yeah. like a big library. Yeah, that's fun <laughs> to kind of tap into. Yeah. And then how do you decide what stems you use and what you don't use? Yeah, so first off, it's seeing who's on that week. Sometimes we're missing a guitar player, missing a drummer, because there are five, four campuses each week that have live worship for students. So depending on what personnel is there, and then depending on the like the set list itself. So like if we're going for more stripped-back acoustic thing, taking some of the tracks out, like synths, drums, or just kind of depends on the week. Yeah. Yeah. As so the five campuses, like you said, is it simulcasts? So you, like, you're all kind of doing the same thing at the same time, correct? So you have to like yeah schedule it or build it out at the right time frame? Yeah, so on Sundays, they um, the message is a video feed, but all of the worship is live independently. And then for Wednesdays, it's kind of similar it's almost like its own campus really so we have worship it's not really synced up with all the other campuses but we start at the same time and the message each week is either a live person at that campus or a recorded message cool yeah what are kind of the the struggles with simulcast stuff on a sunday i know you don't do that as much but like what are kind of the i think roadblocks honestly it would be from what i've seen is some of the like technical difficulties of being synced up it's quite difficult, like with timing wise, because you're trying to figure out the technology and figure out how it's connected. But at the same time, like services start in 30 minutes and we're still not synced up with Nashville. <laughs> we got to figure out how to fix that. But So is like the Ableton yeah. synced or is it there still just people pressing basically the space bar? Um, Ableton across each campus isn't synced, but there are times we've done it for feature songs and things like where it's synced with each campus or is synced with the message itself. So we'll all independently 
sync to the message. Cool. For like a feature song or a closer. Or interesting. Whatever. That's fun. It's yeah. It's interesting yeah. to see what churches kind of do. Because Church of the City, the church that I go to here, is there's three campuses, but there's different kind of they don't simulcast stuff. Like they all right. three different, totally different things. Uh, they do the same gotcha. songs every once in a while, but it's interesting to see kind of a church doing it all in the same fashion, the same like these three songs message and doing it together, which is really cool. Yeah. It's kind of fun to make a community of like, hey, doesn't matter what campus you're going to, you're still getting the same good, great content, which is right. awesome, yeah. which is hard to do with like more rural campuses <laughs> with compared to like the Nashville downtown big campus. That's right. really cool to see. Yeah. For people that are like interested in tracks and stuff like that, that want to get their church or their band kind of rolling on that side, because tracks really make a band sound way fuller. Like even if you have this really small band, you can make it sound like a really nice big band. Like where, where does someone start with that? Like what's a good starting block for people like that? They want to get into it. Yeah. I think honestly, one of the, one of the best places to start is like, I don't want to always start with gear, but making sure you have the setup for it. So even if it's just a, a small interface with two channels out, three channels out, you can still run tracks. Like mm-hmm. it's pretty feasible that anybody at this point can run tracks. Yeah, because even if it's from an iPad, yeah, like headphone out. Basically, you just need you need one channel at minimum for your actual tracks going to front of house, and you need right. another channel for for click and your guide to make sure that your band stays yeah on track. So minimum two, preferably three, because then you can stereo stereo your um, tracks. But and then if you really want to get complicated, like we do, we have sends for each channel so we have an eg send eg one and two bass keys piano i think it's like 14 sends wow. we have and they're all independently controlled in front of house but cool. it's pretty complicated <laughs> yeah it's cool i mean it really you can get as complicated as you want to i'm sure you can yeah. i mean it depends on the interface you have but i'm sure you can get 30 40 50 60 track channels if you really wanted to really get crazy and use dante yeah go over network <laughs> yeah and you just don't worry about it, it doesn't matter how many channels it is yep. it just is yeah, it's it's cool. It's it's kind of it depends on how big you really want to go with it. Yeah. Um, and then on the other side with the actual tracks themselves, like you can build them out yourselves, or you can even it's pretty affordable now, even with like places like Loop Community or mm-hmm. multi tracks. They have subscription based mm-hmm. things like that, and it's kind of cool because once you build a library, you don't have to do it every single time. Yeah. What do you like recommend? Ableton as the best option, or do you recommend like is Logic or Pro Tools an okay option? In terms of like DAWs, I think that Ableton is probably the best, most fully featured out of all of the options. But if you're looking for a simple option, even Loop Community has an app. Um, I think it's called Prime, which is really easy way to get into it. You can run it from an iPad, run it from a phone, um, and I think Multitracks has an app as well, yeah. which is easy. Yeah, yeah Multitrack has an app, then you can do it through an iPad or, and they have like an iPad interface that they even mentioned on their website. We'll have a link in the description here to check it out. Yeah. Just want to give a quick shout out to the sponsor of this podcast, episode two. We have Interchange Noiseworks. Um, really great friends of ours. They're here in Nashville. Um, JJ is the owner uh, and designer really nice guy really fun guy um but he makes this is the on air um we have the element 119 and we have the brand new um 
they're the one, two, three series. Um, they're a line of fuzzes and they're really awesome. They're very different. I mean, if you're into fuzz, they're way more creative than what is normally on the market. So um, definitely check them out, interchangenoiseworks.com. So you've been around me for a little bit. How have you liked working here? What's kind of been your favorite parts? Yeah, it's been really great um, being here making cables. It's really fun hanging out with you guys and getting through the orders. Yeah, I think my favorite part, probably just hanging out, making cables. I like to think we have a good time, like, yeah. honestly. It's a really good work environment. Yeah. What's your favorite cable to make, as boring as Ooh. that sounds? Probably a 15-foot <laughs> instrument cable. It's very weird. Straight to right angle. In the length. Yep. Like 10 foot, Any color. boring. 20 foot, yeah. pretty boring. 15 yep. foot, perfect. Nailed. 10 is a little, a little too easy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So just 15. That's fine. So instrument cable versus the XLR yeah. stuff. Yeah. A little bit easier, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So thanks for being here. Really appreciate you chatting with me about tracks and, and your rig. Yeah, thanks for having me. Please uh, make sure to subscribe for future podcasts. We have a really cool one coming out next month that is with Interchange Noiseworks, with JJ of Interchange Noiseworks. It's really fun. He's going to be really fun to chat with. Um, some good information, some cool stuff about kind of a startup pedal company in this very complicated gear world. Um, so make sure to subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, subscribe on YouTube. Um, Reach out to us on Facebook and Instagram if you have any questions, um, comments, concerns. We'd love to get back to you and kind of know what you guys are wanting to see and any questions that you may have. And also make sure to subscribe to our email list on our website, runwayaudio.com. And we like to put out some kind of fun extras with this podcast. So runwayaudio.com and pick up your new favorite cable. Thanks. Thanks.